0: David, thank you for the reminder. Good morning, friends. I pray that God will be with us through our journey here at the seminary. There is pain, but we need to keep on running the race before us. Lord, we receive word that our Friends, Kimberly, Janine, Sumin, David, have lost loved ones. Maybe in the heat of the moment, they are asking why. I pray that you find a way to minister to their needs and to keep their eyes focused on you. I don't know what the rest here in the audience is going through, but you know. Step in and make a way. Hold us by our hands and keep us walking with you. In Jesus' name, amen. We started this uh, semester on a very high spiritual note last week with our dean, Dr. Moskala, painting a beautiful picture of the God we serve, a God who is not aloof, A God who is not indifferent to our own experiences. A God who loves, a God who cares. Then when I think about such a God, I conclude to myself that there's no way for me to give up the course he has put before me. That's why this morning I want to briefly share with you on the topic, Finish the Race. In a kind of farewell address to his protégé, uh, Timothy, Paul writes, he, he, he's kind of summarizing his life. He said, I have fought the good fight. In other words, I hear Paul say to me, there were many fights, but I did not choose the wrong ones. I chose the right one, and I fought it hard. I finished the race. I have kept the faith. In this text, Paul likens himself to a soldier who has completed his commission, a runner who has passed through the finish line, and a steward who has kept what was entrusted to him. As it was his habit, if Paul were to be here this morning, I'm sure he would be inviting each of us to imitate him. And more than that, more than just imitating him, I hear Paul saying to me that God has made available to me and to you all the resources needed to finish our own races. I would like then to take a brief look at Paul's perspective of himself as a soldier, a runner, And a steward. Because for him, that was what contributed to him finishing the course God has put before him. There are three texts that I would like us to consider. And this morning I've decided to read the first two in the message paraphrase. The first one is 2 Timothy chapter 2 4 to 6. 2 Timothy chapter 2, 4 to 6. This is what Paul is saying to Timothy. A soldier on duty does not get caught up in making deals at the marketplace. He concentrates on carrying out orders. An athlete who refuses to play by the rules will never get anywhere. It is the diligent farmer who gets the produce. Think over it. God will make it plain to you. He uses strong words here. He says, hey, I am a soldier. I should not be found making deals where God is not calling me to make deals. In other words, I should not leave my post. The second text I would like us to consider still in the message paraphrase is 1 Corinthians chapter 9 from verse 24 to 27. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 27. Paul says, you've all been to the stadium and seen the athletes race. Everyone runs. One wins. Run to win. All good athletes train hard. They do it for a gold medal that tarnishes and fades. You are after one that is gold eternally. I don't know about you, but I'm running hard for the finish line. I am giving it everything I've got. No lazy living for me. I'm staying alert and in top condition. I'm not going to get caught up napping, telling everyone else all about it, and then missing out myself. Whoa! All in for Christ. And the last text I would like to consider this morning uh, with you is found in uh, 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 Philippians chapter 3, we'll read from verse 12, Philippians chapter 3 from verse 12. There again, Paul says, I'm reading now from the New King James Version. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do. Forgetting those things we are, which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are Ahead, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. When I read these three texts, let me share with you what I hear Paul saying to me. He's saying to me three things. To finish your race, Bubakar, like I did, I'm recommending three things to you. The first one is simple. simply this. Get your priorities in order. That is what I hear Paul say to me. Get your priorities in order. Do not run after every rabbit you see. If you run after every rabbit, you will wear yourself down and won't catch any. I shared it with my colleague, Dr. Sadlacek, that this semester I'm hearing God tell me to learn to say no, learn to say no to some things, and say yes to what I'm convinced is calling me to. And Paul continues, before you start chasing a rabbit, ask yourself this important question, is this a rabbit? worth chasing? Is this a rabbit worth chasing? And he continued, be strategic and deliberate about which rabbit to chase. Be deliberate. The second thing Paul is telling me is this, do not let anything or anybody distract you. Stay focused on God and on what he wants you to do. What is your focus? What is my focus? And finally, the third thing is telling me, I, I, I love it, I will share with you. He's telling me, do not be a prisoner of your past. Paul is telling me this, I am sure that as a human being, you have made many mistakes, some of which make you ashamed of yourself. I myself, made such mistakes. Remember, I persecuted to death God's people. And he continues, because I have confessed my past mistakes to Christ, my focus is on how to live differently for him from now on. I have made mistakes. If you take my classes, I share my mistakes. But I'm not prisoner of my past. Maybe you did something wrong yesterday. If you confess it to God, and the devil tries to remind you, tell the devil, that was yesterday. Christ took care of it, and I will move on. Today, the seminary journey is part of your race. I've been in it for 13 years, 11 years here at Andrews University and two years at Newbold College in England, 13 years. So I'll be speaking out of some experience to you this morning. I know how difficult that journey can be. In England, I I was nearly deported because I could not pay my school fees on time. The person in charge wrote a letter. If I had gone to the home office to renew my visa, There, I will be caught and deported. Someone heard about it without me knowing. The person came and gave me a check. Go and pay your fees and make sure you reimburse me before leaving the country. So I know how difficult this journey can be. Not only for me, not for you, but for each human being in this building. Then I've asked some of my colleagues to share with me some tips that they used to to finish their course when they were students here that I would like to share with you today. And it was really important for me to do that. For this presentation, I said I'm not going to the library. I want to make it real. I went to some of them. And in listening to their stories, I was reminded that being called by God is not synonymous with easy life. They've shared with me a few things that I would like to pass across you. Several of them, let me say 100% of them, told me that they stayed on the course, running their race here when they were students, not because they were super intelligent, not because they did not have any challenge, but because of their sense that God had called them. How many here believe that God has called them? Praise God. When it gets tough, when you are tempted to give up, remember that God has called you. And because he has called you and you have obeyed his call, his grace will be sufficient for you. I called one yesterday. He told me, Besides being sure of his calling, that helping continue his race, he was self-disciplined and he constantly prayed James 1 verse 5. And I went to the, uh, to the dictionary and checked the uh, definition of self-discipline. It says that self-discipline is about pursuing the right course, even when you attempt tempted to abandon it. And James, 5, uh, James 1 verse 5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach and it will be given to him. Some of the classes will be tough. You will be challenged. I remember my first PhD class. I looked stupid for the first time in my own eyes. The professor was talking. I thought he was on another planet. I said, Lord, where am I? Where am I here? Then when I evaluated, I realized that I did not do my homework. I prayed, and I read hard. It was a philosophy class. The next week when I came, he was speaking. I was getting him. I said, Lord, praise be to you that I'm not that stupid. So I've learned my lesson. So pray James 1 verse 5. And one told me this. I really liked it. Let me read it to you. He said, I did not let my own expectations of seminary life conflict with God's plans for my life. And the person pointed to Naaman's experience when he went to be healed by Elisha. Let me read 2 Kings chapter 5 from verse 10. It says, Elisha sent a messenger to say to to him, that is Naaman, go, wash yourself seven times in the Jordan and your flesh will be restored and you will be cleansed. But Naaman went away angry and said, listen carefully, I thought, that I will surely come, that he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God. Wave his hands over the spot and cure me of my leprosy. That was his expectation. He had a problem, but he came with the way to solve the problem. And because it was not going his way, he wanted to give up. You've come here to the seminary with your own expectation. Don't, let the sem- don't want the seminary to run according to your expectation. But maybe God brought you here to sharpen you so that you will be better equipped for his work. Another colleague of mine told me this. I refused to play blame games. When things did not go my way, I refused to blame others. When I got a grade that I was not expected, I did not blame the professor. Instead, I critically evaluated what happened in order to learn lessons from it. And in the same sense, someone this morning, one of my colleagues this morning told me this. I had to adjust my attitude and ask God to correct me. As I was training for ministry, I realized that to teach without being teachable is arrogance. Another person told me this, I asked God to play his part in my race and continually pleaded with him to give me wisdom to diligently play mine. I have always been convinced that there is always a silver lining in every storm cloud. Don't only see clouds when the going gets tough. S- learn to see the silver lining. And uh, one said, I had a support go- group to whom I, I always reach out when the going gets tough. Don't do it alone. Reach out to someone. And, Another one told me, I learned to intentionally take note of God's providence along the way. Is God, God will be showing himself in different ways. You pray and learn to take note of his providence. The time is going. I don't have time to share some stories, but I have many of those. I nearly, my family nearly packed and left the campus because we came here self-sponsored for the PhD. The first, we arrived here with 5,000 because things did not go according to plan. And that semester, I needed 11,000. But God found a way. One day, I was leaving the house. My wife told me, I'm cooking the last piece of meal uh, of, of, of food we have today. I looked at her, I said, praise God. And I left. Do you know why I said praise God? I was thinking this. Lord, if you brought me here to make me starve, let it be for your glory. My wife thought I was crazy. That evening, that evening around 8, someone knocked on the door. We opened. The person had plenty of food. And the person said, we thought about you. Maybe this could help. God spoke to them. So learn to take note of God's providences. And the last one that shared, was shared with me is this. I love it. I found ways to enjoy my seminary experience. I found ways to enjoy my seminar experience. Let me share with you, frankly, don't make any mistake. Take advantage of everything that is taught in the classroom. Maybe now you don't see the benefit. But one day you will wish that you had paid more attention. In one of my classes, I, I started teaching pastoral ministry here. I taught on something. People were not listening. One went for an interview. They asked him a question. And I dealt with that question in the class. He failed. He was not recruited. Then he came to me, he told me, but he shared something with me that stuck with me. He said, no, you know what? Don't blame yourself, I need to blame myself. I need now to listen more. So find a way to enjoy the learning experience. Find a way to enjoy your seminary experience. In 1968, at the Olympic, Games in Mexico City, the world saw firsthand what it meant to finish the race. There was a marathon runner from Tanzania. He started running. Mexico City, the altitude was high. It was not what he trained uh, with in his country. At the 19 kilometers point, during the 42 kilometers race, there was a movement among runners, he was pushed, he fell, he badly hurt his knees and his shoulder. They came and attended to him, and he continued running. The first one to win that race was a a marathon runner from Ethiopia, Mamo Walde. Listen carefully. Mamo Walde, the first finished the race in two hours, 20 minutes, 26 seconds. And John Aquari, the Tanzania runner, finished last in three hours, 25 minutes, 26 seconds. In other words, he finished one hour, five minutes, and one second after the, the, the winner. But you know what? 57 at 75 had started the race. Only 57 completed it. When he came, people cheered for him. And at the end, a journalist interviewed him. Why did you insist in continuing running despite the pain you were uh, feeling? Uh, Listen carefully to what he said. And I want you to make it a lesson for yourself. He said this. My country did not send me 5,000 miles to start the race. They sent me 5,000 miles to finish the race. So my friends, when your life circumstances get tough and you feel like giving up your calling, remember that God did not call you to start the race He called you to finish the race. When things do not go the way you have loved them to, remember Paul. Remember that in spite of your challenging life and ministry circumstances, you can, by God's grace, fight the good fight, finish the race, and keep the faith. Remember that. Don't forget. The one who has called you is faithful. And he will not fail you. Lord, I pray that as you have called us, you equip us and open our eyes to what is before us and motivate us in running the race before us. Bless us beyond our wildest dreams. In Jesus' name, amen.